This is episode number 147 of Patrick Jones Baseball, and on this episode we have Jason Thompson. Jason is currently the head coach of the Alamo Heights Mules baseball program in San Antonio, Texas. He's also uh, the San Antonio Area Baseball Coaches Association president. Um, I really enjoyed interviewing him on this podcast. He is super knowledgeable and super passionate about developing players and um, you know, something that I really took from him was, you know, they're actually using blast motion um, throughout their entire uh, program right now. And he kind of actually gave gave me some ideas on how to implement um, some blast motion, some more in-depth ways to do it um, for our own program in terms of, you know, getting more information, you know, what's going on in the uh, weight room and how, how to correlate that to numbers on blast, in blast motion. Um, so really cool stuff. Um, great episode. Great guy. Again, I just I love talking to coaches who are so passionate about teaching the game and are in it for the right reasons. And Jason just fits that to a T. If you want to know more about blast motion, um, not only how to use blast motion, what the metrics mean, drills to help correct um, some of those metrics so your players will develop and get better, how to do movement assessments, and how to understand even some pitching rapsodo, head on over to patrickjonesbaseball.teachable.com. Um, in my coach's course, I go over specifically just that. We continue to update the course. We just had our first update a couple weeks ago. We're going to have another update in another couple weeks, and it's going to be something that's going to be awesome resource for coaches of all levels. So head on over to patrickjonesbaseball.teachable.com. Here is Jason Thompson. All right, we are now live with Jason Thompson. Coach, thanks for coming on today. Patrick, thanks so much for having me, man. This is uh, this is an honor. So you're in San Antonio. Um, I believe my buddy um, uh, Jeff Leach, who's the director of uh, AxBat, I believe, is in San Antonio too. I've never been there. Are you a big Spurs fan? Man, you know, I, I don't think you can be in San Antonio and, and say that you're not a Spurs fan. Um, you know, the uh, – the, the Spurs are great. I love, uh, I love pop, uh, love some of the old time guys the David Robinson's and, and those guys. But man, you know, I, I think, um, I think I'm a little more, more geared for baseball than basketball, but that's the only major sports team that's in San Antonio, right? Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, it's pretty much a one horse town in terms of that. You know, we have, uh, we have triple a baseball, um, with the San Antonio missions um, and that's a, you know, that's a, that's a great little gig, little small town feel with that. Uh, but as far as, you know, as far as, um, top of the line professional teams, yeah, the, the Spurs are it. What about, uh, I'm trying to think of, I guess there's, there's a few colleges around there, but I mean, I, it gets pretty hot there in the summertime, doesn't it? I'll tell you what, man, it can, it can get pretty toasty, but, um, you know, you're, you're sitting here, you're sitting here in South Texas with, uh, you know, I, I don't know, 280 days of sunshine a year and, um, you know, and, and I can, I can take warm, I can take warm over cold any day. So the, the Northern guys, um, uh, and the stuff that they have to deal with and the things that, that they have to do to, uh, to, to run their programs and develop their kids. I don't know how they do it, Patrick. So I, I can take a hundred degrees for, for a couple months in the summer, uh, to, to get, to get the, uh, to get the time on the field. I'll tell you that. So you guys are outside all year round. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know we're uh, we're we're really fortunate. We've got you know we've got some some covered batting cages down at down at our field, 
Um, and every once in a while we'll have a, we'll have a rainy day where, where we've got to figure out how to, you know, how to run 50 or 60 kids through, through those cages. Um, but man, for all intent and purposes in six years here in San Antonio, I, I can't think of too many games that we've missed. I can't think of too many practices that have had been canceled or adjusted. We're beyond blessed, uh, when it comes to that, no doubt. So you've been in San Antonio just for six years. Yeah. So, um, I, I played baseball at Texas Pan American, which is now UTRGV. Um, when I when I got done there, I spent a year as an assistant coach at Galveston Ball High School, which is uh, on Galveston Island, south of Houston. Um, after that year, I got the head job at Brazosport High School, which is um, also south of Houston. Um, thought I would be there for two or three years and and uh, flip a program around that was struggling and move on to bigger and better things. I ended up being there for 11, um, just fell in love with the place. And, um, honestly it got to the point where we thought we would be there forever. And, uh, just kind of on a whim one day, um, saw that, that this job here at Alamo Heights in San Antonio was open, made a phone call on a Friday afternoon, interviewed on Monday. And I guess, uh, I guess the rest is history. So six years here. So is Alamo Heights, would that be like a, a higher up division or how does it work in Texas for, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, um, so we're a public school. Uh, we have about 1,600 students, um, just over that. And we are, that, that puts us in the 5A classification, which is the second biggest classification in Texas. Um, the, the, the baseball here, um, the, the high school baseball here in Texas is, is so good. Um, you know, and, and we're just, we're, we're fortunate to be in a great area for it. Um, you know, you were mentioning the, the, the colleges around San Antonio um, early, and um, I, I, I got to tell you, Patrick, man, I, I think I think some people don't don't realize how how good the baseball in our area is. We have two Division One uh, college baseball programs here in town. Um, we have uh, St. Mary's University, which is a Division Two that's won a national title. Uh, we have Trinity University and Texas Lutheran U- University that are both Division Threes. Um, that, that have been uh, in national title games or won national titles. Um, we've got Our Lady of the Lake University, which is an a NAI school. Um, I mean, it's just it, it's, it's as good as anywhere. Um, you know, the, like I was saying earlier, the high school baseball is phenomenal. Um, our youth programs, our, our little leagues, we've had teams playing in, in the Little League World Series. Um, it, it's just it's, it's absolutely, I think, the best kept secret for, for baseball in the country. Do you think, though, that because the weather is so nice there, because baseball is such a big thing there, that kids get burnt out or kids, you know, get injured because of just doing it too much? Yeah, you know, I think that it's I think that it's definitely something that that we have to watch. Um, You know, my my patented answer um, is it depends. You know, I, I think every kid is a little bit different. Um, I think every kid's background is a little bit different. Um, obviously in, in general, do, you know, do, do we want our kids playing, you know, 10 or 11 or 12 months out of the year? You know, no, I, I think that's, that's probably too much. Um, but, but I also know that, that when I was growing up, I could have played baseball all day, every day and been perfectly fine. I never, you know, I, I, I never burned out. I never got tired of it. It was just who I was. In fact, from a mentality standpoint, it would have hurt me more to take me away from the game. Right. Um, and so and so I think I, I think it's really dangerous to make to make a, a blanket statement of 
um, you know, you have to take X amount of time off. Um, and, and again, I, you know, by all means, I, I am I am absolutely a proponent of, of there has to be a time of year um, where, where we've got to put the baseball down. Um, I do think that in general, uh, our, our our youth programs from and I'm I'm talking from little league select um, all the way up into high school. I, I do think in general that that we play too much and we don't develop enough. Um, I think I think kids need to be, especially when they when they start getting to to us in high school. I think kids need to be in the weight room more. Um, so, so I, I definitely think that there's some things that we have to look out for, um, and there, there's some things that we have to be very careful with. Um, but, but in general, you know, the the, the skill level um, that that we're able to see here in in Texas as a whole, and, and specifically in South Texas, partly because of the weather, is I mean, the, the skill level is just it's it's through the roof, um, and and so it's a it's it's a bell curve, Patrick. I think just you know just like most other things. So you'd say the skill skill level is through the roof. What do you think about just like I don't know, I mean I hate to say that like ends like baseball like instincts like you know understanding kind of like more in depth about the game and not just um, you know just going out there playing and not thinking about anything. Yeah, you know, and and that, that's a that's a great question. In fact, we were um, one of one of my coaches and I were were just talking about that that last week. As as a matter of fact. Um, you know, I, I, I think, and, and I've, I've said this to some folks before, I, th- I think we're, we're in a time where, um, our, our players and, and our kids growing up, it, it's, it's the most, um, it, it is the most skill advanced generation of baseball player. I, I think that, that there has ever been, um, because our, our kids are playing so much. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're all doing, they're all doing private lessons. They've all got the right gear. There's, you know, there, there's 12 year olds on, you know, diet plans and everything else. Right. You know, when, when, when I was 12, I just, you know, I just, I wanted a, a Coke and a snicker ball, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so, and so that, that's one of the reasons why, why the skill level is so high, but at the same time, um, you know, I also think, and, and, and I'm not, um, you know, I'm not throwing stones here. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the problem. Um, but, but I also think that, that we, we've also created this, this showcase generation of player um, that's, that's very, very good at going out in showcase setting and demonstrating arm strength or bat speed or running speed or, or whatever, you know, the measurable is. And, and, and that's all great and that's important. And, and I understand that, that those are things that, you know, that we have to develop and we have to look for. But at the same time, I think that it's, it's incumbent upon us, especially as high school coaches, um, you know, speaking for, for my group, that, that we have to teach kids how to, how to compete um, and we have to teach kids how to be great teammates. And, and that's something that, that maybe in the past, um, you know, may, maybe it didn't have to be addressed quite as much. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's bad or wrong. I think it's it's just different. The you know the the game has evolved, society has evolved, and it's it's our job as as coaches, I think, to to move with it. Yeah, and I I've kind of struggled a little bit with that with that too, at the, especially at the high school level, just because it's not sexy to talk about approach or kind of the mental side of the game. You know, the, the mechanics and everything is really really cool. But what I've kind of honestly noticed, the more I I bring it up, is I think it's hard for high school kids to, I don't know, just like have that, like want to learn it or like have the the proprioception to understand, you know, what their body's doing. So what should their approach be like? And I don't know. I just, I found it difficult to, to kind of ingrain that um, in them, if that makes sense. No, it, it absolutely does. And it's, 
you know, we're, we're, you know, we're a, we're, a, we're a fast food society, I think now, right? We, we want, we want instant feedback. Um, and, and not only do we want the instant feedback, but, but we want the, the, the instant fix to whatever the problem is. Um, and, and I think, I think in terms of teaching an approach that, that to me is where the hangup is Patrick, because, um, you know, you, you start talking about approach that that's something that's developed over time, right? Because, right. You know, I can I can sit there and and you know I can say, you know, hey guys, in in general, th- this is our count plan, right? This this is what we're looking for in X count or Y count or, or whatever the case may be. But but those guys are going to have to go out there and practice that. They're going to have to fail with it. They're going to have to succeed with it. I mean that that's something that that you don't just talk about once, and and it's there. And so I I think um, I think kids being able to work through their frustration and being able to stick with it is, is to me where that, that hard part of teaching approach becomes. So you think that it's, it's really just up to the coaches to continue to harp that home. Um, and just over time, it's, it's eventually going to become like second nature to the player. Yeah. I, I, I think it's up to the coaches to, to find a way to get our players to own their development. Um, that, that's, that's what I think. I, I, um, I, I think, um, I, I think, I think my job is, is to coach the, the individual kid first and my sport second, um, or the skill second, you know, whatever, whatever you want to fill that blank in with. Um, but, but I think, um, you know, I, I think that, that what I have to do is, is I have to find a way and I, you know, I've got roughly, like I said, 50 to 60 kids in our program in any given year. And I have to find 50 or 60 different ways to get them to own their own personal development and, and what it is that that is best for them. And then once that's done, then I have to get them to see the bigger picture and how to fit that into a team and competitive setting. You know, one of the I'm, I'm glad you just brought that up about having to have 50 or 60 kids in a program. I don't think most people realize um, how hard that is to manage. Um, and I'm not even a head coach. I'm just an assistant coach. Um, how, how do you like manage that and make sure that like everyone's still developing and getting better when there's only so many hours in the day and it's not even your full-time job? Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it, it's tough. Um, there, there's no question about it. And, you know, you, you mentioned being an assistant coach and uh, I'll tell you, number one, uh, number one, and I truly believe this, you, you've got to have great assistant coaches. Um, you know, I, I tell, I tell my guys, uh, every year when, when we start meeting, um, you know, I tell my guys that, that, that I truly believe for us to be as good as we can be, they have to handle somewhere between 60 and 80% of the coaching, because as a head coach, I've got budget and I've got, uh, my administration that, um, you know, they have things that they need from me and I've got, um, appearances that have to be made and scheduling and bus requests and meals and, um, you know, working with our parents and fundraising and, and all these other never ending list of things. And so one of the things that, that I've learned through, I, I guess now 17 years of being a head coach is that if, if I don't have great assistance and I don't trust those guys to, to do their job, um, then, then we're, we're never going to develop our kids as, as good as we can. Um, and I think that that's one place that I really failed early on. I, I wanted to micromanage. I wanted everything to run through me. 
Um, I, I think that, that in hindsight, I think I, I left on the table a lot of potential in, in both my assistants uh, early in my career and in, in my players early in my career. Um, so, so I think that's number one. Um, I, th- I think the second thing is um, we have to be unbelievably detailed um, in our plan. Um, you know, there, there is absolutely no such thing as, as you know, going out and, and rolling the balls out and we'll just see what happens. Um, there, there is no such thing as, you know, the, the kids go out or, you know, our, our varsity team or, or our JV or whoever it is goes out to the outfield to stretch and we sit in the dugout and, and figure out practice. Um, that, that would be totally unacceptable. Um, you know, we, we have to meet. We have to talk it through. We have to break down the practice or the game or whatever it was from the previous day, and, and we have to have a great plan. Um, and then third is um, over the years, I, I think that in a lot of ways this has become easier because the technology has gotten gotten better, and we've been able to embrace that technology. Um, you know, we uh, I, I guess about two years ago, maybe a little over two years ago now, um, we partnered with Blast. Um, which, which we love and, and we think those guys are phenomenal. Um, I, I know you do some work with those guys too. There's, you know, there, there's other, um, there's other options out there if, if that's not the best fit for people, but, um, being able to have that technology and put that in the hands of our kids. And, and like I said earlier, Patrick, giving them some ownership of it, um, that has been, uh, that's been a huge piece to our development too, because, now we can sit there and and instead of just having to go, you know, okay, hey guys, you know, um, this group right here, uh, you know, you five guys go up to the cages, you know, let's let's go get some cuts off that, you know, off the machine or whatever the case may be. Now we may send those five guys to the cages, but those guys are grouped based on a specific need, whether that's, um, you know, whether that's attack angle or whether that's um, staying on plane or, or whatever it happens to be. And I can send those guys to the cages with one of our coaches. He knows exactly what they're working on. They know exactly what they're working on. And in real time, we can take the data and we can make those improvements. And so that, that to me, is, is one of the biggest examples of, of how you take a large number of kids and, and get the most out of it for each one. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome that you guys do that. So does each kid have their own sensor? How does that work? Yeah, so we we've played with it a couple different ways. We we did uh, we we did buy we did buy a sensor for every single one of our kids, um, and and we did that for a couple reasons. You know, I, I know we're we're really fortunate to to be you know to be in a community and and have the parental support that we do, um, where where we have the financial ability to, to do that. I know a lot of places don't. Um, you know, I and I I, I spent uh, I've spent time at schools. Um, a couple of the schools that I told you about where, where we wouldn't have been able to do something like this. Um, so we're really fortunate and we understand that. Um, we also, you know, we also thought, and as, as we talked about the technology and we kind of kicked around and, you know, was it worth it to put every kid in a sensor? Was it not? Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that we thought is, you know, I, th- I think, um, the, the, the tendency out there as we called around and asked some other programs, how they were using the technology, was they said, well, you know, we, we buy, you know, we buy a handful of them and, and we, and we share, um, you know, we share sensors with our varsity kids, or maybe we, you know, we buy one for each one of our varsity kids. And, and our, our concern with that was, was all that may help us in the moment, um, in, in order to, to, 
move beyond just having a good team and, and make sure that we have the best program that we could have, we, we've got to develop that 14-year-old, 140-pound freshman just as much as we do the 18-year-old senior who's you know, got the opportunity to be a, a Division One baseball player. And so, so that, that's why we went the route we did um, and made the investment. And I've, I've said before, and I will say again, in, in terms of, of the, the value, the, the return on the, the investment and the value that we get out of it, it's, it's, the best, um, it's the best money we've ever spent in terms of player development. There's, there's no question about it. Wow, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty awesome thing to say. How do you guys test on that? Like, how do you just go in regularly and just look at their numbers? Like, how do you guys work that out? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So, um, what we do in, in terms of skill development, we um, we break our off season down into two parts. Um, in in Texas, um, we we're really fortunate. We have an athletic period. Um, all all coaches have to be uh, full time employees of of the school district. Um, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a classroom teacher as well. All my other coaches are as well. I'm really fortunate. All I do is baseball, uh, in terms of sports. Um, my assistants all coach football, um, in addition to coaching baseball. Um, and so what, what we do is, is we're, we have this, we have this athletic period, um, but we can't work with our kids after school. So we have to be really efficient with our time. Um, so we'll divide our off season up and, and to basically two big blocks, the, the first block of the off season. So late August, when our kids come back to school, um, through basically early to mid October, um, we, we try to get our kids to put the baseball down. We don't, we don't throw a lot. We'll, we'll go heavy in the weight room and we'll hit, um, we'll go two days a week in the weight room and three days a week where we're, where we're swinging the bat. Um, and we, we spend about two weeks trying to gather as much data as we can. So it's, um, it, it is a lot of block practice at that point. It is a lot of, um, you know, just trying to get different swings in different environments, whether it's, um, you know, coach pitch, P, uh, pitch BP, whether it's, um, you know, off the machine, curveball, fastball, T work flips, whatever the case may be. Um, after that two weeks, we'll sit down and we'll, we'll go through each kid, um, and, and we'll break down and go, okay, here's, you know, here's where he's really strong. Here's where we feel like we can focus on growth for him. Um, and then we'll start grouping those kids based on needs. So, you know, maybe, maybe all my kids that, um, you know, that, that we feel like we really need to improve their attack angle, they become a group. And all of our kids that, that we really want to focus on bat speed, they become a group. Um, and then we set up our, our off-season athletic period practices around, around those groups. And um, for, I guess, the better part of two months – um, that's, that's what we're working on. And then every single week, um, every single week we'll stop, we'll reevaluate if, if we feel like we need to change drills, if we feel like we need to put a kid in a different group, if we feel like, you know, okay, we've, you know, we've really made some headway in terms of attack angle. Now let's start looking at helping you improve somewhere else. We can do that. Um, we, we take feedback from our kids. Um, if, if there's, you know, if there's a drill that we're doing that, that they don't like, or they don't, you know, they're not getting the feel that we want them to, um, we, we try to get them to give us some input on, on what it is that they would like to do. Um, and that way, you know, that way, hopefully we increase some buy-in and it's just this constant weekly, um, almost daily evolving process to to give our kids the best opportunity to continue to improve and that's that's how we spend the first block of our off season 
Have, did you find that uh, the, all the kids were bought in right away, or did you have to kind of convince some of them? Just because, like you had said earlier, a lot of kids these days, they go to outside instructors, and some of them might be bashing technology, and so you're kind of fighting that battle too. Yeah, you know, I, 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 don't, think there's, I don't think there's a perfect answer um, to that. I think in general our kids bought in really fast. Um, blast was great when, when we came on board, um, you know, I remember, uh, you know, I remember they, they did a conference call with us. Uh, we had all of our kids sitting in a classroom. Um, you know, we, uh, we did the conference call and they, they had a couple guys there that, um, answered every question that we have, every question that one of our kids had. Um, and, and then we put the tech in their hands and, and I just, I remember we gave them a week or two just to play with it. Um, we didn't, we didn't really, we didn't really focus on anything in, uh, specific. We didn't, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't ask them to do extra drill with it. We just said, Hey, put it, you know, put it on and, and just go get some cuts and see what you think. And, uh, you know, you, you know, you tell us what you like and what you don't like. Uh, what they came back with was they, they liked it. They loved getting the feedback. Um, what, what they, what they felt was, was holding them back though, is they were really overwhelmed. Um, there was just, there was so much data, you know, there, there were so many different categories. And so what we had to do in order to help them out is, is we had to really narrow things down. And so, so what, what we decided to focus on in terms of a program was, was three areas. We decided to focus on attack angle, on bat speed and on rotational acceleration. So those, those were the three areas that, that we really dialed in on. And we told our guys, Hey, this, this is what we want you to focus on, um, in terms of specific metrics, everything else, let's, let's put it aside. And if it comes to a point down the road where we want to talk about it, we will, but don't, but don't worry about it. And I think once we did that, um, I, I think it freed our kids up. I, I, I don't think that they felt, um, I don't think that, think that they felt small or, or overwhelmed by it anymore. Um, and, and I think that was a huge piece. Uh, I think that that was a huge piece for the buy-in, um, in terms of, in terms of, of our guys, you know, going other places and, uh, you know, and, and there being, you know, non-tech guys, I, you know, I know those guys are out there. Um, you know, we've, we've been really fortunate in that one of the things that, that we've been able to do is really the, the, the outside guys that, that our kids go to, it's, it's really a small number, um, in the grand scheme of things. And so there've been a lot of times where, where I've been able to pick up the phone and, and call a guy, an instructor or a guy at a, you know, at a facility and just say, you know, Hey, you're, you're working with one of my kids. Um, here's something that we see. What do you see? Um, and, and we'll listen to, to what they have to say, because, you know, uh, I, I think, I think early on in my career, Patrick, I, I wanted to own the learning. Um, you know, I think the older I've gotten, I think the more I've understood that, that it's, it's not really about me, it's about the kids. And, and you know what, my, my biggest deal is I, I want, I want the kids to, to improve. And, and then as a, as a program, I want to win games. And if, if that means that, that they feel good working with an outside instructor, then so be it. Um, I think it's my job to, to find a way to, to work with that instructor and, and put that kid in the best position possible. And, and quite honestly, with that attitude, we've had very little issue of, of outside folks, um, you know, kind of questioning what it was that we were trying to, to do or saying, you know, that, oh, that's, you know, that's garbage. That's, you know, that's, um, there, there's nothing in that for you. We just, we've been really lucky. 
That's good. That's always good to hear. I mean, you never. That's just not good for anybody. Um, one of the things that I I did see um, just going through um, some of your your content that you put out is it looks like you actually track kind of different exercises in the weight room and to see how they correlate um, with exit velocity and bat speed. Can you like take me through like like why did you start doing that and like how does that how like what have you seen? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. So um, we we actually just just put some content out recently on that and um and, and it was but but here here's why we decided to do it you know i i think you know pretty much everybody at this point um will, will quickly jump on board and say that the weight room is important we're no different um you know we lift we we've lifted we've always lifted um and, and we've always measured in terms of you know uh you know a, a front squat max or a, a bench press max or you know what, whatever it is that you're that you're doing in there um, but what we had never done was we had never taken it and, and actually correlated it to anything that, that we were doing on the field. So it was just kind of this, um, it, it was just kind of this, this blind trusting of our eyes that, you know, oh, well, what we're doing in the weight room is, is working on the field because, you know, boy, our kids look stronger or they look faster or whatever the case may be. And, and it, it just, it, it really is a staff. It, it really took us back because we said, you know what, that, that's, that's not who we are. We, um, we, we really try to be, um, very analytical in, in everything that we do and be data driven in everything that we do on the field. Why would we not do the same thing off the field and then tie the two together? So that was kind of the backstory of it. And so what we wanted to do, um, we have finals coming up this week. So for all intent and purposes, we're, you know, we're through our off season um, so one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to stop and go, okay, here's what we did this off season in the weight room. Here was, you know, here's where we started. Here's, here's what we gained. Um, but how does that actually tie in to what we were seeing on the field? Um, and so where we started was with exit velocity. Um, and, and we took each one of our, of our major tests that we do. So, uh, for example, front squat, he said, here's, you know, here's where this guy's front squat max is. Here's where his exit velocity is. And then we just charted it. Um, and in general, um, obviously, the stronger the kid, the higher the exit velocity. But there, there were certainly some outliers there. And so I think that, that that's kind of where we are right now is, as we finished up uh, last week. Um, and as we go into this week and as we go into the winter break, that's that's one of the things that we want to talk about as a staff is, OK, you know, why do we have these outliers? Why why do we have a kid? You know, why do we have a kid that's um, that's front squatting 300 who's only exiting 80 miles an hour? Um, but here's a kid that's that's front squatting 210 and he's exiting 84. You know, why 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 is that happening? What are we seeing? And so um, that's a really exciting piece for us. I, I wish. Um, I wish I had a, a great answer for you where I could I could tell you this is exactly what we're seeing and what we're doing and this is how it correlates. But right now we're just you know we're we're trying to sort through it and figure it out. Um, but we we're doing that with uh, let's see we're doing that with front squat, deadlift, um, bench press. We comboed those three um, those three lifts and saw how that correlated. We tried to correlate exit velo to bat speed. Um, we tried to correlate exit velo to body weight. Um, and to rotational acceleration. I think those were the, the categories right now where we're trying to where we're trying to tie those things together. Um, and then I, I mentioned earlier, Patrick, how our offseason works in two blocks. Once we get to mid-October, we start transitioning into on-ramping arms um, and getting our arms ready for the season. 
in the spring. And so the last, um, I guess about the last two weeks, two and a half weeks, um, we started our pull down phase. And so we, we radar gun that we get arm velos when we pull down on our kids. And so, uh, we'll do that one more time this, this next week during finals. Um, and then, and then we'll go back and, and one of the things we're really excited about is to see how all the different lifts in the weight room correlate to, um, to arm velo. And so that, that'll be an exciting thing too, that, that we'll, we'll have to work through and, and hopefully we can figure some things out. So uh, <clears throat> it's interesting you brought up the you know, pull downs. That's something I've been thinking about a little bit. I'm not a throwing guy or a pitching guy, so I don't know a ton about it. But um, what what are your thoughts on on certain players like not doing pull downs um, just because they just aren't strong enough to do the weighted ball pull downs? Yeah. So again, another really good question, and 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 I, I'll tell you, I, I don't I don't claim to be an expert um, at all. I know that you know I try to talk to um, try to talk to a lot of really good people and, and see, you know, what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, you know, what, what I can tell you is, is what we do and what works for us. And, and that's this. Um, we, we believe that, that the majority of the injuries that, that we've seen over the years in kids come not, not because they're throwing too much, but because they build up too fast. Mm-hmm. And, and so we try to be really cognizant um, of that. Uh, like I said, we start in mid-October. We will spend a month where we do we do nothing where we pick up a baseball. Um, we'll go uh, we'll go uh, that month where it is. It starts off with with working bands only. Um, from there, um, we we do we do use weighted balls. Um, predominantly, we use um, you know we we use the the two pound um, the two pound tap ball. Um, and after we spend time going band only, we'll pick up the weighted ball. We put our kids in an extremely strict position and, and we'll work negatives where they're, they're releasing the ball backwards only. Um, we've, we've got two or three drills there that, that have been staples for us. Um, after a period of time there, then we'll start letting them, we'll start let them throw, uh, throw the weighted ball forward. Um, and this is just against the wall. We're not, we're not playing catch with it. Um, it, like I said, it's, it's very strict with the body. Um, it's very purposeful and we spend a lot of time teaching the movements, um, to make sure that it's safe. If we have, you know, if we have a young kid that, that just physically isn't ready to do that, um, then, then we'll use a lighter ball. So we really try to take each kid individually into account. Um, so only after about a month will we start, uh, picking up a baseball and actually throwing it. Um, we'll spend about another month where all we do is, um, basically a hybrid version of, of the, the Jager stretch out program. Um, and then after a month of that, then, then we'll come back and, and we'll start the, the pull down phase. When we do pull downs, we do it with a baseball only. Um, we don't do it with an overload and we don't do it with an underload. Um, I, I think, I think we have kids who could probably do that. Um, individual kids who could probably do that, but on the whole, looking out for that, that large number, um, that we have, and then given the short amount of time that we have in our athletic period, uh, we, we just feel like it's it's a little bit safer just to, to do it with the baseball only. So that's that's how we do it. Um, it's it's been successful for us. I know other people do it different ways, and it's been good for them too. So um, you know, I, I don't I don't know that we may not adjust or change down the road. I feel like you know I feel like we're always open to new ideas, but that's that's what works for us right now. No, and I think um, I, I think that's what it was from what I was hearing is a lot of there were some injuries happening from from kids from 
he weren't strong enough yet, and they were doing the weighted ball. They were actually using those overload weighted balls during the pull down. So I, th- I'm, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, it's essentially like making a, a, a extreme curl hop from the outfield. So I can't imagine right. just doing the pull downs with the baseball is a big deal. I also, before I forget, for before I forget too, I wanted to uh, make sure to um, kind of congratulate congratulate you on on serving as the uh, president of the San Antonio Area Baseball Coaches Association. Um, what was that like? Man, I, I'll tell you what, that, that was great. Um, when, when I moved to San Antonio, um, I guess it would have been in, I guess the fall of 2014, um, 2015 was, was my first season here. Um, you know, wh- one of the things that struck me was there, there, there wasn't a local coaches association. And so just through that first season that I was here in 15, just, you know, talking to, to guys and, you know, the, the, the common, the common thought was, you know, that's yeah, a great idea. It's been talked about before, but it's just, you know, no, nobody's ever, nobody's ever put that together. Um, and so that, that next year in 16, um, you know, I had, had just, again, just some more of those conversations. And I thought, you know what, I, I can do this. Um, you know, I have the time to do it. Um, a lot of, you know, it's, it's truly amazing. You know, I, I, again, I'm very fortunate. All, all I do is coach baseball. Um, whereas a a lot of the other, a lot of the other head baseball coaches in and around San Antonio, they're, they're coaching football as well, even though they're a head baseball coach. Um, and so I, I have, I have a little bit more time and a little bit more freedom than those guys do. And so I just, um, I, I sent a, I sent an email out to, to every coach that I knew in the area and just said, you know, Hey, if, if we did this, would you jump on board? Um, the response was phenomenal. And so we, um, so we, you know, we did all the work to, to create the, the business and the, the 501 C three and the association and, you know, the, the accounts and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, we, we started off, I remember we had our, our first clinic and, um, we had nine guys on our board and I, I remember they, uh, we're, we're sitting there talking and going, guys, you know, I, I hope 50 people show up. And I think, I think 120 walked through the door, wow. um, that night. And, and it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, the, the association has, has grown. Um, you know, I think, uh, the, the last time that the last time that I, I looked at the numbers, I think we're right at 150 members, um, we've got right at 60 schools. We have, uh, seven or eight colleges, um, and universities that are involved with us. We're partnered with the San Antonio missions, um, uh, AAA affiliate of the brewers here in town. Um, and so just, just to be able to be a part of that with such a, such a, a great group of coaches and a great group of men, it's, it, it's, it's really been one of the highlights of, of my professional career. Um, so are you, you're retiring though from that? Yeah, so my uh, my my tenure officially runs out on uh, December thirty first. So um, it's uh, I'm, I, I guess I'm I'm in my lame duck period here, you know. But uh, but we we've got a new board in place, and, and I'm 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 really excited about that. I think um, you, you know I think that that our our new board is is going to do a great job. We've got you know we've got we've got great guys in place, and you know the. Uh, you know the, the the whole idea was was not to not to create something that that couldn't work without me, right? The, the whole idea was to create something that would be sustainable long term, and um, and I think you know I think that that uh, that that initial board did a good job of putting that together, and you know I was just one small piece of it, and, and really fortunate to work with those guys. Yeah, I mean, congrats to you. That's that's awesome. I mean, just like like you were kind of just explaining, you know, I mean, 
you saw an issue where nobody was kind of there was no association or anything and you just took the realm yourself and just made it happen that's awesome um by the way what do you teach like what subject yes yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a, I have a composite social studies degree, so I can, I can teach anything in the area of social studies. But, but right now I teach, uh, teach three sections of United States history. Um, and, and I tell you what, man, I, I, I love it. Um, I, I really do. I, I enjoy being in the classroom. Um, I, enjoy, um, I, I enjoy when I have my players in the classroom and getting to see that side of them. Um, I enjoy being around the, the rest of the students and kind of having that, that additional tie-in with, you know, with the school and the student body and the community. Um, I, I, think, I think the way that that works in Texas um, is, is, a really, is a really unique thing, and, and I, I, hope, I hope that it's something that always stays that way where, where we, re- we require our, our coaches to be, uh, like I said earlier, full-time employees of, of the school district. I just – I think it's it's invaluable. I know I know it works different ways in other places, and it works great. And I, I've become friends with with a lot of those guys. So not not knocking any anybody else or the way it, it the way it operates in any other states. It's just I, I obviously I'm partial, but but I, I I love the classroom piece of my job. I really do. Well, I'm sure I think a big part of it is you're able to develop those uh, relationships with those players, right? I mean, you see them you know daily, and you're, you see them in a different light, and so it's it's easier to make that connection. Well, there, there's no question. Um, you know, there's no question. And I think, you know, I think the further we go in this in this game, I think, you know, the, the more the more we've we've figured out that the the social emotional side of the game is is truly important. You know, I I know when when I was growing up, um, when I was growing up, it was you know you, you did what your coach said because your coach said it, and and that's just the way that it was. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't think that that's the way that it is anymore, you know, and, and I, and I don't know that that's, I don't know that that's a bad thing. I don't, you know, we, I, I think about, you know, I think about there, there were times that, that I just, you know, I blindly did what, what I was asked to do without, without thinking it through. And, and, you know, maybe it wasn't the best thing. Um, and, and now I, I, I love the fact that, that our kids, our kids will ask, um, you know, coach, why are we doing this? And, um, you know, what's, you know, what, what are we trying to accomplish? And, and, you know, I, I went through a period where, where I had to get over taking offense to that. Um, and, but, but I, I had to figure out, it was just, you know, it was, it was just, it was just their way of, of trying to buy into what we were doing. Um, and, and being able to see them at school, um, you know, being able to see them in the, you know, in the, in the parking lot or at a, you know, at a football game or, or in class or whatever it is, it, it just, it gives, it gives me extra time to have those conversations um, to, you know, to ask them how they're doing. If, uh, you know, if they, if they get a girlfriend, break up with their girlfriend, if they're having trouble with a teacher, if they're, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, typically, you know, me or, or one of my coaches is going to find out pretty quick. And I, I think it, I think it helps us serve our, our players better. I really do. Oh, that's awesome to hear, man. Um, one last question for you. Um, I know we, we had spoke a little bit before we started recording, but last question, uh, what are your, what are your goals? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I think for me, um, I think for me, I, I have, I have two ultimate goals, um, written down and, you know, hanging, hanging in my office or, or in my classroom and, um, that, that I see every day. And, and, you know, goal number one is, is I, I want to help, I want to help develop young men. You know, I think, um, I think that's, I think that's why you get into, into coaching, um, or, or maybe that's at least why you stay in coaching. 
um, is, is you figure out that those relationships and, and the things that you do, that, that that's, um, that that's more important than the wins and the losses. So, um, I, I, I really, I, I really want to be good at that piece of it. Um, you know, the, the second thing is, is I, I, I want our, I want our program to be as good as it can be. I, I want to, uh, you know, I want to, our, our state tournament is in, is in Round Rock, Texas. I, I, I want to, you know, I, I want to take a team back to Round Rock. We, uh, we got there in 2016 and, and came up a game short. Um, you know, I, I want to, I want to give that to, to our school and our community. I think, um, I think they deserve that. Um, so I think, I think th- those are my two ultimate goals. Um, you know, and, and I know, I, I don't know if that's exactly where the question was going, you know, in terms of, of me long term, where, you know, where I see myself. Um, I, I tell you what, I, I would be um, I would be more than happy um, finishing my career right here at Alamo Heights, being the being the head baseball coach in, in this community with with our kids and our parents and um, and, and the people that live here. It's um, I, I think it's it's one of the uh, one, one of the greatest communities in the country. And, and I, I have, I, again, I know I'm partial, but I, I feel like I have the best job in the country. So, um, and I'm, I'm perfectly happy right here. Um, you know, I've learned you never say never. So, you know, we'll see what comes down the road, but, um, and I've got a, I've got a great gig. There's no question about it. Hey, love your passion, man. I mean, it's, it's pretty inspiring just to hear you talk. And, and again, I, you know, really appreciate you, you coming on, just sharing your message on just how much you love coaching and love your players. And just, um, it's, it's been really awesome to hear it. So I appreciate it, Jason. Patrick, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate what, what you're doing for baseball. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the, the content that you're putting out and, um, I know it takes a lot of time and effort on your place, bud. So um, keep keep doing what you're doing. It's it's great for all of us. Appreciate it.